Hello and welcome to the Yarniacs podcast. This is episode 95, which we are recording on Tuesday, August 18th, 2015. I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And it's another warm summer day in Santa Cruz. Tail end of summer. This will be the last <laughs> recording before our children go back to school. That's right. So they go back next week. Yep. A week mm. from tomorrow. For I'm us. so sad. I'm sad too. <laughs> I am. I'm always sad to see summer come to an Me end. Me too. I even even the moments of high irritation with my children when they're home for the <laughs> summer, I still don't want them to leave. So yeah, I feel that way too. Yeah, I, I love summer. And what are you wearing today? Well, wrapped around my neck, I have my Imagine When shawl by Hohi Locatelli, and I'm probably going to end up taking it off. It was a little chilly. For a while. When? <laughs> well, at 5 a.m. There was a breeze. It's not super hot today. No. I don't feel like it is compared to what we've been having. Today is tolerable yeah. at 80 degrees. Yeah. So I've got this wrapped around my neck mostly because I am, I had it out and I was looking at it because I want to make another one, but I don't have quite enough yarn. The shawl that I made. I look at my Ravelry page, it took 512 yards, and I have another skein of fingering, but it's only, I think it's 440, I didn't look up the exact yardage, but it's a little short. So I've been pondering the fact that I want to make another one of these, but I'm a little bit short, so I'm trying to figure out where I can... Well, could you eliminate one of the short row sections? Well, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. <laughs> Just, but I need to figure out where yeah. and how. Because this shawl is very uniquely constructed. As Gail mentioned, it's got these short row, short row wedges. So you start at a point, you knit outward, increasing from the point, and then... There are little triangular wedges interspersed in there to give it almost a geometrical a, look. Yeah, it's not quite with eyelets too. Right. And it's not really it's not a true triangular shawl. It's no. oblong. Is that a way to describe it? Yeah. Oblong. The the point is It's an asymmetrical. Asymmetrical. That's, That's the, the word, word I'm looking for. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> But I want to make another one. It continues to be one of my favorite shapes to wear and one of my favorite shawls. I knit this in meadow yarn, um, fiber, fiber company. company. And that's one of the reasons it's so soft and light. Very nice. Good combination really of yarn and pattern. So I'm hoping to find that again. <laughs> hey, before we started recording, I was saying that I wish I liked the colors of the meadow yarn mm. more. I keep looking and hoping that they create a couple more colorways because I'm not in love with the colors, they're, but I really want to use the yarn. Their colors are all very muted, very neutral. Dark on the dark side. And too. on the dark side, yeah. Yeah. So how about you? What are you wearing? I'm not wearing single <laughs> hand knit, and I haven't for days because we had... A pretty brutal heat wave here. It was in the hundreds in Santa Cruz over the weekend, and I spent a lot of time being nauseous from the heat. And oh, the idea yeah. of putting on a hand knit is almost <laughs> revolting. So. But you're still wearing a scarf. I am. I, in our travels that we've done, I have a habit of buying these really cute little 
shawls that you find kind of in street markets that are very inexpensive. And I was thinking today, well, I really like wearing shawls. And this is a really lightweight. Mm -hmm. It's probably, I don't know if it's cotton or if it's linen, but it's super, super lightweight. Yeah. And it's just pretty. It has little dangly bits and a nice little lace edging. So I popped that on instead of a hand knit because it's almost like you're not wearing anything, but it still gives you... A little bit of style, and it's, of course, pink. And a little pink. pop of color. Yes. So that's what I'm wearing. That has nothing to do with knitting. But <laughs> I also I think fondly of it because I remember where I bought it and all of that. So it's like a souvenir. Yeah. Kind of like souvenir knitting, only yeah. not knitting. So too hot to wear hand <laughs> What have you been stocking? I have one thing that I have been stocking and kind of a general category that I have been stocking. I actually... When I was working on my show notes yesterday, I texted Gail and I said, I haven't been stalking anything. I've been away for a week. I haven't been stalking. And of course, that made me think even harder about it. And I realized that there actually was one pattern that I had been stalking off and on, but not incredibly seriously. It was one of those patterns that I had been thinking about making. And it reminded me of an almost identical pattern that Gail knit. Did you knit yours back in 2008? Probably, yeah. Okay. Sounds right. Uh, It reminded, the pattern is so similar to a sweater that Gail knit back, we're thinking, in 2008 because the pattern was originally published in the summer 2008 Interweave Knits. And that pattern is the Opre Surf Hoodie by Connie Chinchillo. And it's a pullover in a lace pattern with a hood and the hoodie style is the category that I have been stocking off and on for the last few weeks because I used to make a lot of sweaters with hoods and I was thinking that the last hoodie type sweater I made was my custom fit sweater oh that's right so that was a couple years ago I want to say that was that was probably two years ago yeah so it's about time for another hoodie for me. Yeah. <laughs> and I've always liked the Opry Surf hoodie. Always, always. And Gail brought hers over today for me to try on. And I'm not quite sure what yarn I would make it in. But it's something to add to the stocking list for yeah, sure. Yeah, I used a discontinued Rowan yarn that... I was living in France when I knit this, and I remember ordering it and having it delivered to France. And it was Cash a Rowan. Cotton. Is that what it's called? That's well. That's the the yarn that's called for for the pattern. Ryc. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I used Ryc Cash Cotton. I four used the yarn called for in the pattern. Yeah. See, I was still very new to sweater knitting, so after my two fails, I was probably like convincing myself you have to use the well, right yarn so really it doesn't nice fail. Yarn. It is a very nice yarn. That was a it really sheds. nice yarn. It sheds, but other than the fact that it sheds, I mean, I've had the sweater since 2008. I wear it, it looks great. regularly, yeah. and it still looks beautiful. So the reason it sheds is because it's got 18% Angora. Yes. Which makes it really super soft, but yes, it does have a little, what I, what Gail and I call the floater hairs. <laughs> yeah, that get in your nostrils but and your eyeballs. Yeah. And <laughs> but it's also 35% cotton, 25% nylon, the 18% Angora, 13% rayon, and 9% cashmere. So it's got a lot of... Was there any wool? No wool. Oh, it's wow. Ca- it's cash cotton. And 
all those fibers are really soft fibers. Yeah, and you would expect it to have pilled more. I'm now holding the sweater up. There are little pills. Little pills. In the high wear areas, but I not... think the nylon and the rayon, There's if you add the nylon and the rayon together, that's 38%, so almost 40%. Wow, this is worn remarkably well. Non, well, the cotton is not an animal fiber either, but cotton does pill. But it, it looks great. Yeah, it, it has held up remarkably well. It has. And it's a great sweater. I mean, this is one of my go-to yoga sweaters mm. because since it's an all-over lace pattern, you have the ventilation mm -hmm. and it's not too snug. It just fits well and it's kind of, the yarn is a little bit drapey and it just, it works really, really well mm -hmm. as a yoga sweater. I think it does too. I think it will. And I'm kind of anxious to get that one going. Although, I can't get everything going. <laughs> I am so in that frame of mind right I know. now. I, I want to knit all these things. All I want to cast things. them on right now. I do too. Oh, wait. I can't knit all of these things at once. I there are three too. sweaters I want to knit right now. And just today I was thinking, okay, be reasonable. Maybe you can get all of these knit by Christmas. You certainly cannot knit them all before the end of the summer. Right. Right. <laughs> Wake up. Come on. Be reasonable. So, this sweater, it's also a fingering weight sweater. Perfect for my climate. Yeah. And think about that. The pattern was originally published in 2008, and it's still, it doesn't look dated yeah. in any way. Yeah. It still looks contemporary. So that's fantastic. I guess that's probably one of the reasons why it's still in rotation in my closet, is it never True. feels like yeah. you're wearing it doesn't something feel dated. from five years ago yeah. or yeah. seven years ago. Yeah, now. I was going to say, uh, a little bit longer. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's really cool that you can still use it. That's, yeah, I definitely should make this one. So how about you? What are you stocking? Oh, hoodies. So, okay, another funny, we're always on the same wavelength <laughs> story. So this morning, Charlene texted me to ask about the Apres Surf hoodie. And I had literally five minutes before she texted me been thinking, I have to pull it out of the closet because I just ordered some new yarn and it arrived and I expected it to be a brighter blue. But I looked at it and thought, that's the same color as my Apres Surf hoodie. I need to go get that sweater out of the closet and compare it. And then boom, she's texting me asking about the sweater that she's never asked me about before. It was like, <laughs> you've got to be kidding me. How does this happen? It was very weird. That was wacky. Oh, and nice. again, hoodies. So I've been stocking a specific hoodie mm -hmm. and I may have lit a little fire under Charlene because I went yeah, to see her at the yarn store on <laughs> Sunday and said, oh, have you seen this new hoodie? It's amazing. And we were both standing there mentally searching our stash. What yarn will we use? <laughs> it's the hoodie shawl cardigan by the designer Suzanne Summer. And I've never heard of her before as a designer, but this pattern is adorable. It is a garter stitch triangular shawl turned into a sweater. And it's really, really cute. And I'm going to pull it up on Ravelry so that I can read you the description. So wait just a moment. I meant to do this and it didn't. But it is striped at the top. So the garter, I think you start with the actual, what would be a top-down shawl. And then it's garter stitch and it's striped. And then there's a color block section that's the middle of the sweater. And then it's knit on the bias in the back. So you have the triangle part in the back, but you have color block that she used a sparkle, not sparkle, 
a speckled yarn. So it's gray and orange stripes, and then this beautiful speckle yarn, and then a color block textured bottom that I think is reverse stockinette. So it has several different textures. Yeah, it's reverse stockinette at the bottom. And then there's a garter stitch all the way around the border of the sweater. And that's ended with an I-cord bind off. So it's really, really pretty. It's very unique. It's mm -hmm. open front, so it doesn't have buttons, but I think I would add some kind of closures because I really like to close my sweaters. And it's fingering weight yarn. So she used three colors, and the test knitters used three colors. Charlene was talking about maybe doing two colors. Mm -hmm. I think I would probably only do two colors. Yeah, I think my son and I, Max and I, had all of my fingering weight yarn out on my bed yesterday, going through <laughs> all the colors, trying to decide what colors I would use, and I know what colors I want to use. I need to swatch them, obviously. And I don't think I have enough of my gray. So I've already been trying to determine how would I mix it up a little bit, maybe do more of the purple and less of the gray. You can see I'm planning this as I'm speaking, but it's a super cute sweater. The only, oh, yesterday there were six projects. Today there are nine. So three people have cast on in the last 24 hours. The only thing that has me slightly hesitating is because I'm not familiar with the designer. And as Charlene and I have mentioned before, when we have a new to us designer, we kind of want to wait and see what else they've done and you know get more people knitting the pattern and have more comments and see more FOs before we cast on. Oh, she does have a couple other really cute ones. There's the shawl shirt. Oh, okay. And the shawl shrug. I've, I've seen the shawl shrug I've seen, recently. I've seen the shawl shirt because I remember when you showed it to me, I said, oh, somebody else did something like that. But this is what it was. Her. <laughs> okay. So she has almost a collection of sorts with the same type of construction. So I there think are. that shawl shrug is really cute. It's too. super cute. So the shawl shrug is similar to the hoodie, but it doesn't have a hood and it looks like it has drapier fronts. Yeah. And maybe more triangular. Yeah. Oh, it has like a shawl collar to it. Oh, mm -hmm. that's pretty. Yeah, I like Ooh. that. I remember liking that one too. And there are 30 of those. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, and she even has it on backwards in one picture. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. So, very nice. Suzanne Summer is her name. And again, hoodie, shawl, cardigan, or the shawl shrug. And like Gail said... She's a new-to-us designer, which isn't necessarily always bad, but you just want, when you have to purchase something sight unseen, it's a little difficult, and you want the reassurance that it's going to be well-written and easy right, to follow. And, right, yeah. and I, I think I looked at her pattern page, and she also doesn't say whether it's been tech-edited or who it had been tech-edited by, if it had been tech-edited. So that's another, not quite a red flag, because I don't want to say that there's anything wrong with her patterns, because there probably isn't anything wrong. But you we could just... Always, we could PM her and ask yeah, that question, exactly. too. A lot exactly. of designers, I don't think, add that to their pattern page, necessarily. It makes me happy that when a lot do, of them are. are starting to. Yeah. 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 Because and I think it's important. I think so too. It gives it, you that reassurance, especially for a newer designer. A newer designer. And again, I, I can't stress this enough. When you buy a pattern on Ravelry, you're buying it sight unseen. There is no governing body that looks at patterns and says, yep, this pattern is good. Nope, this one right. is bad. Anyone. Anyone can put a yeah. pattern up. 
Yep. So it is buyer beware. <laughs> As cute as this is, and I think that we'll probably end up knitting one of them. <laughs> very certain. And looking at it now, the shawl shrug is DK weight. Oh, the okay. hoodie is fingering weight. I prefer the fingering weight. I do as well. And, and the shawl shirt. I didn't look at that is, one. Is I can tell you that one is also fingering weight. Okay. Very cute. And they look like they're about seven U.S. dollars, seven thirty-six, because they're in euros, six fifty euros. And she has a note here that if you buy the shawl construction set, which is the shirt, the shrug, and the hoodie, it's 16 euros for oh. all three. So that's oh, an interesting... And you don't even have to purchase them all, all at once. once to get the reduced price. That's nice. That is nice. And hmm. Megan Williams from the Stockinette Zombie, she just released her space... I cannot speak today. <laughs> Spacious OMG heel sock pattern with the top down version of her heel and she did the same thing if you purchase it by a certain date you get half off if you've purchased nice. any of her sock patterns in the past and previous purchases counted so ravelry oh, knows that's nice. I yeah like that. that's pretty cool yeah another advantage to the awesome ravelry yes okay and i have been stocking <laughs> so i have been stocking some other things as well and this goes to our last episode or two, we've been talking about pictures on Ravelry for mm -hmm. patterns. Pattern picks, yeah. And we were, I was stocking a pattern called Green Wall Cardigan. Oh, yes. And we had talked later about... Yellow. Yellow, yellow wall? wall? Is it Yellow Wall? <laughs> yellow Wall, you're right. I even wrote it down here. Yellow Wall Cardigan. And I noticed in the picture for Yellow Wall that it was kind of a weird picture, but I didn't think of it as being weird bad. Well, she has a new pattern, and the designer's name is Judy Bryan, and her new pattern is called Texture Tide, and it's a really cool color block sweater in fingering weight yarn that has texture asymmetrically on one side and one sleeve, and it's really cool, but her pictures are bizarre. The, the picture, the cover picture for this one is not so bad. It's weird because she's holding one side of the hem up almost to bust level, which doesn't give you a really great picture of how the sweater fits. But then I was looking at her other pictures because you know what you do. You're looking at someone's pattern page and you click to go look at all of their designs. She recently released one called Cozy, C-O-S-I. I don't get it. <laughs> it looks like it's a really, really cute sweater, but it almost looks like she's standing backwards in the cover picture it literally to me almost looks like it's her back view and her hands it's just so it's bizarre it's just so awkward it's a really weird pose you can't tell what it's she's awkward doing. it's and just awkward nobody would stand like that and i want to know what the sweater looks like if somebody's just standing normally like i would stand because Nobody would stand like that. <laughs> yeah, and when you look at the other pictures, it's a really cute sweater. Oh, other people did the stripes differently. That's why it looks different. Mm. But it's very difficult to tell. Yeah. From the way she's standing. And I really like the sweaters, but I don't know if I'd like them on because you can't tell what they look like on. Right. So that was just another example that yeah. had me rolling my eyes and pulling my hair at the same time like but i want to see what it right. would look like because it looks right. really cute and that's when you just have to wait for other folks to knit it yeah and then look at the project pictures 
But it's too bad that you don't get a sense from the pattern page. Yeah, I hope my clicks as I click to look at things on Ravelry aren't coming through on the microphone. But the texture tied, I would absolutely wear that sweater. Mm -hmm. It's Especially it's a fingering weight pullover, and it's so super cute. And it's just simple, and it has enough interest with the texture on just one side. It starts not at the midline, but it's asymmetric, so it's placed a little bit over to one side. And it's just cute. It's different. It's unique. And I really like it. And of course, I would have yarn to do that because you wouldn't need a whole sweater quantity of one color. If you, I have a lot of two skein Quantities. colors, mm -hmm. and they could totally do that sweater. Yeah, yeah. I I had thought that one was really cute too. Same reasons as Gail. And I also thought it was very strange because it looks like she's taking off the sweater. That's what it looks. That is what it looks like. Thank you. It does look like she's trying to take it off. Yeah. So inter. I will probably end up knitting this because I know I'll wear it. But, yeah, I'll wait for other FOs. Yeah. There are 12 projects right now in Ravelry, so there yeah. you go. And I'm stocking again the Armand cardigan from Andy Satterland. I've gone beyond stocking, so I've stocked this one before. It is a free pattern on Knitty, and it is a cardigan button front sweater that is very simple. It has front patch pockets, and it has – it's not a shawl collar. It's kind of like a sailor collar, I would almost describe it mm -hmm. and that's all there is to it it is bottom up set in sleeves and I was doing my research and reading the notes from other people who have finished the project and unfortunately there were a lot of comments that were not favorable about the pattern itself and once it's published in Nitty, I don't know what the process is for you know how that's edited or if changes are made or whatever Oh, did it have a lot of mistakes? No, it or? doesn't have oh. mistakes. So here's the thing. So knowing that a lot of people struggled with the pattern, I sat down and I read through that pattern very, very carefully. And some of the problems are it doesn't tell you when a row is a decrease row. So because it's oh. bottom up and you're working pockets at the same time. Oh. So I said they're patch pockets, but they're they're done while you're knitting the sweater. They're not just patches that you sew onto the front. The decreases aren't noted, and the buttonhole rows aren't noted. So you're doing all these things at the same time, but there's no indication of what row you're doing it on. Mm -hmm. And then the pattern says, you know, knit row 9 and 10 will have step-by-step -step instructions. But then it will say, you know, repeat rows 9 and 10 three times, then repeat row 9. And to me, that isn't confusing. But a lot of people were complaining about that being confusing. And I think it's because they weren't really aware of when the button rows and decrease rows were going to happen. Mm -hmm. So I went through the pattern and wrote next to each row. Oh, okay, what Decrease was, row yeah. one, decrease row I'm two. I'm sure that decrease. would help. Yeah. yeah, and I did the same thing for the buttonholes. Buttonhole row one, buttonhole row two. And I think I'll be able to follow it very easily easily mm -hmm. I'm sure now that I've looked at it but I'm going to modify it because the bust sizes are 34 and 38 and she said it's best worn with zero to minus one inch of ease so a little bit of negative ease well of course I'm a 36 so <laughs> I'm going to try to come up with my own numbers for the top mm -hmm. and what I really really wanted to do was try to use Elizabeth Doherty's new top-down set-in sleeve formula, nice. but this is a bottom-up sweater. So I'm going to hmm. 
pick up around yeah. the sleeve the same way she recommends. So I'm going to use her method mm -hmm. rather than the method in the pattern. But I can't use all of her same steps because it's not top down. And I'm not comfortable modifying the whole sweater top down. Sweater, yeah. Because one one thing I do want to say about the pattern is that once you're finished with the waist, the decreases up to the waist, then there are increases again. So it's a fitted sweater. She doesn't, so she gives specific row numbers all the way up until the waist increases begin. And then she no longer gives specific row numbers because of course it depends on your size. Mm -hmm. And from that point, if you're a newer knitter, it would probably get confusing. But I'll let you know when I knit it. I've <laughs> swatched, I've marked up the pattern, I'm ready to go. If it wasn't so bloody hot out, I would yeah. have cast it on. But oh it is gosh. a worsted weight sweater. We have so many things we want to knit, I know, Gail. it's ridiculous. What are we going to do? <laughs> well, and I'm blaming this one 100% on Aaron and Jessica of the Double Knit Podcast because they are starting their annual Cardi Party uh -huh. Knit Along. And I found out about the Knit Along on a Friday. And I know because of Instagram that Aaron and Andy Satterlin, the designer of Armand, hang out together every Friday. And I thought, oh, this is serendipity. They're starting a Cardi Party knit along. I've wanted to knit this sweater forever. And it's the designer that she's going to be hanging out with. So this was just meant to be. And guess what? I happen to have Malabrigo Rios <laughs> in stash. That's the stormy weather colorway from oh, the Pantone nice. colors. So it works for all the things. How could yeah. I not want to cast it on? It yeah. just... it all the planets aligned. So it just had to be done. But then it was 100 degrees and I decided it was <laughs> the outside of weight sweater. I just couldn't do it. So it's sitting there waiting to be cast on. But that gave me time to research the pattern more mm -hmm. and sit down and mark it up. I mean, I spent probably 45 minutes marking it up yesterday oh, and good. figuring out where the button yeah. rows were and everything. So I'm sure you will be successful. Then. I, I, I think just I need will to be. put in a little time beforehand yeah. and study it. That's good. Yep. So I'll let you all know as I go. Okay. But that was a very long what am I stocking? <laughs> very long. So let's move on to what we're actually knitting. Well, my what am I knitting is going to be very short today because I am working on a test shawl for Elizabeth Doherty that is in my hands right now, making that out of some yarn that was given to me by Gail last year by the yarn is dyed by a dyer named Duck Duck Wool. So it's a new to me dyer. The color is called Summer Sidewalk. And we were trying to figure out what where that name came from. And the only thing we can figure is that it looks like chalk splashed on a gray sidewalk. Yeah, I'm certain sidewalk. that's how she described it in her color description. Oh, okay. Actually, yeah. Okay. So it's really nice. Very, very pretty, very bright. It's gorgeous. And the shawl pattern, which will be released soon from Elizabeth, works really well with multicolored. The stitch pattern works really well with multicolored yarn. I've actually knit a hat in the stitch pattern before, and I also made the hat in multicolored yarn, and I think the stitch pattern works really well for it. So that's the main thing in my hands. It's the, really, really pretty. Yeah, it is. I'm really happy. I'm, I have a big smile on my face yeah, looking at it right now. Yeah, when she pulled it out, right I actually giggled. <laughs> it was one of those, oh, it's yeah. so pretty, it made me laugh. 
And then the two other things are things that you've been hearing about for a while, my Polaris. I haven't pulled that out for over a week now because I was away for a week and the shawl is what was my vacation knitting. And then my Easy Folded Poncho. I've knit that a couple of times, but nothing major. It's in the background. It's there. It's going. So that's all I'm knitting. How about you? I'm working right now on Mike's sweater. I've come up with a strategy to get this done by Christmas. I, If I can finish the back in August, I can do the fronts in September, a sleeve mm-hmm. in October, a sleeve in November, mm-hmm. seam them together, and do the button bands in December. So That sounds so doable. Yeah. Very smart it, schedule. Yeah, that makes it seem non-overwhelming. Right. So right. that's like what I'm knitting that. right now. And this is the Longfellow sweater pattern by Michelle Wang and it is from a Brooklyn Tweed collection and I'm using Madeline Tosh Air Light yarn in the Nocturne colorway which is a beautiful deep navy and I'm also I've been working on my learn to knit a log cabin blanket which is a pattern by Stacy Perry and If you've been a regular listener of the podcast, you've heard me talk about that pattern many, many times and how much I love the pattern and cautionary tale. So I was knitting on some new squares last week and I was thinking that they just didn't look the right size. They looked kind of big. So I pulled all of my six completed squares out and my new squares and there was a huge size discrepancy. My first three were very tight, very square, very professional looking. The subsequent ones were so sloppy and so big, and they're all knit in garter stitch, and they were all the same needle size. I'm 100% certain it was the same needle because it lived in the bag for the project. And I don't know what happened. I think my gauge just changed. I have no idea why. (laughs) And Mike said, oh, you must have loosened up a lot (laughs) over those months between the squares. So I decided that the squares that were too big just looked sloppy compared to the other ones. Mm -hmm. And because this is a blanket in super wash yarn, it will be washed in the washing machine. And I decided that the tighter squares would probably have more longevity than the looser squares. You know, they're going to wear better. Mm -hmm. So I ripped out quite a few squares, like three and a half squares or two and a half squares, and am re-knitting them. And I realized, so on Sunday, excuse me, I started re-knitting the first one. I dropped a needle size and thought, okay, this will tighten everything up. I'm going to knit one and compare it. Well, by the time I got to the third color of five, I compared it. It was still too big. It was still much looser than the original ones. So I dropped to another needle size and I started it again. So I will let you know next episode if dropping two needle sizes is going to make the squares once again uniform or at least closer to uniform. I don't expect that all the squares are going to be exactly the same. I'm using the same base of yarn. So you would think they'd all be the same, but... I do, my tension does change, my gauge tension does change, depending on my mood sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I don't expect them all to be exactly the same, that's what blocking is for, but I do expect them all to be within an acceptable size difference of one another, and like a quarter inch bigger on every side just wasn't going to do it. So very interesting to see my own knitting change that much over what isn't a very big (laughs) length of time. So that's an interesting development in my knitting. 
And the other thing that I'm knitting is my Colors of Fall shawl, which is the Therapy Shawl by Laura Ayler. And that's the two color shawl that I started a while ago and wasn't working on because I got obsessed with other projects, but it is beautiful. I'm using candy skein, savory fingering in pumpkin spice, which is a beautiful tonal orange and dragonfly fibers, dragon sock in district 12, which is a beautiful gray, mm. which is stormy weather and vanadium orange in the Pantone fall colorway. So nice. really pretty. And I had that, I was working on it last night and it was on the coffee table this morning and Max said, that's really pretty. Who is that for? And I said, it's probably for me. And he said, you're going to wear orange. <laughs> so we'll see how the orange evolves. I mean, I would love to have a sweater in that pumpkin spice color of Tammy's. It's so it. pretty. Well, I bought that yellow orange pumpkin head yeah. of dragonfly fibers yeah. to try first. So we'll see. So that's what I've been knitting. Nice. What have you finished? Oh, I haven't finished anything. <laughs> I love the way you say that. Oh, I haven't finished anything. No, this this episode, nada. How about you? Oh my gosh, I will make up for your lack. Okay. I had <laughs> the most productive knitting since our last episode. I've gone wow. off the charts on knitting. So I finished the deep breath sweater that I talked about in the last episode. That's a design by Kristen Hipsky. And I used Madeline Tosh merino cashmere nylon lace yarn in the lay colorway and it's beautiful oh i wish you had brought it i was going to but it's not blocked oh. so it's sitting there looking beautiful but not wearable yet <laughs> yeah. and it has cashmere rose the pantone color cashmere yes. rose in it so it will become a colors of fall outfit mm -hmm. once i decide oh, what to no, do with it cool. now my first colors my first deep breath that i knit I didn't actually weigh my yarn, so I guesstimated it was from a cone. So I guesstimated how much I used and underguesstimated because I had like 640 something yards on this skein mm -hmm. and ran out of yarn. Oh. So it's a top down raglan. It's the easiest sweater I've ever knit. If you're a first time sweater knitter, I can't recommend this one highly enough. And in the, so it's written for a worsted weight but you can use lace weight yarn. And in the lace weight, they say, oh, you don't need to do the increases and decreases. And it actually there aren't, there are only decreases in the sleeves. So it's very easy, but I added waist shaping. Mm -hmm. Well, I if I had knitted about an inch shorter, I could have had sleeves that I like better because now the sleeves end right above my elbows, which is kind of a weird length for me. But I literally had hmm. two inches of yarn left when I bound off the second sleeve. And I did one fewer row of garter <laughs> for the cuff. <laughs> I was like, oh no, what am I going to do? Can you so, color block some sleeves? Um, I could, but it would look silly. It would? It would. Mm. I think I'll be fine with the sleeves the way they are. Or I'll just roll them up a little bit. I don't know what I'll do. But hmm. if I'm wearing the sweater over something that's more body conscious, it looks too big. But then if I'm wearing it over something a little more normal... It, <laughs> that was Boo walking over the walking over the keyboard. If I'm wearing something that's you know like a bulkier T-shirt or something, it fits perfectly. So I wouldn't want to rip the bottom and change it at all to add length to the sleeves. Yeah. So I'm just gonna live with the sleeves the way they the way they are. See how it wears, and maybe I'll do some sweater surgery later. There is a scrub jay that is announcing he's about to take a bath in the oh, bird is bath. Is that what the sound is for? Yeah. And Boo. 
Yeah, Boo is sitting at the door watching. So I'm closing the door to keep Boo in while the bird thinks. He does this, the scrub jays do this in the afternoon. They go settle. The whole family comes and they all bathe, but they shriek. Oh. At the, they announce to the world that it's bath time. <laughs> yes. So that's what attracted Boo. And they don't like up. jays and they're freaking. <laughs> Not my favorite bird. So deep breath. That's the first thing okay. that I finished. And the second thing I finished, I was stocking last episode. It's the Peanut Warmer Baby Sweater oh, by yeah. Tyga Hilliard Designs. Mm-hmm. And this is a free pattern on Ravelry. And I used Universal Yarns Cotton Supreme Splash. And I knit the three to six month size, and it's adorable. It's a super, super cute pattern. Aren't her patterns great? Fantastic. They're free little patterns. They're fantastic. Fan- yeah. It used, I don't know, 200-ish, a little bit more than that, yards of yarn. Baby sweaters are so Very fast and easy. <laughs> and another, if you've never knit a sweater fabulous starting sweater yeah that's the way i felt about the bug warmer too because nothing fancy basic top down raglan raglan, no fastenings no so no buttonholes no nothing to sew on no intricate finishing at the end when you bind off you're pretty much done the peanut warmer does have four buttons Mm, so it does have four buttonhole rows, which are very easy. Mm-hmm. And then you would, I will have to sew on buttons. I haven't picked my buttons out yet. But I do highly recommend that pattern. Mm-hmm. And then with the remainder of the yarn, I knit a berry hat, which is another free pattern on Ravelry by Michelle Sabatier. And that used about 80 yards. And that's a hat that I've knit several times. And the pattern, if you go look at it, it's called the berry hat because it looks like there's a little leaf top on the hat because there's just a little bit of color work at the top and she does it in green to look like a leaf and then there's a little i-cord bit on the top with a knot so it has the little cute adorable elfin look to the top of the hat and i just did it all in one color though i did it all in this yarn it's a variegated in teals because my friend in france who's pregnant loves teal and i figured that yarn was fairly gender neutral so Mm -hmm. hopefully it kind of leans girl to me a little i don't know why hmm. but hopefully it will work for either because i, I don't think know it does. if she's having a girl or a boy yeah i think it does and i also finished the handbrake cowl which i was stocking several episodes ago this is a pattern by Kay jones who is part of the bakery bears podcast duo of dan and Kay. and this particular cowl the pattern they are selling i think it's two pounds or something close to that and it, all the money that they earn for the pattern is for cancer research. So it's a great pattern. Hi, boo. Hello. Super, super fast cowl. I used Malabrigo worsted in the Polar Morn colorway, which is a very, very light gray. It's going to be a Christmas gift for a friend. And I use less than a skein of Malabrigo worsted mm-hmm. and have a really nice cowl. So it's not long enough to double. They give you instructions on if you want to double it. Mm-hmm. But I had one skein, and it's a great pattern. Super easy and just enough texture that it could work for a male or a female. It's not at all feminine, but it's you know still stylish. Mm-hmm. Great pattern. I highly recommend that one. And I think I knit that in a day. It was that quick. So super fast pattern as well. And then the last thing that I finished was my Razzle Shawl, which I talked about at length on the last episode. So just to recap, it's by Allie Coffee, 
and it's you can either buy the pattern by itself or buy her all the Azul's ebook collection. She has three three shawls in the collection, and it's about a three inch strip that goes one direction, and then you keep those stitches from that strip live on the needle, and then in short rows you go back and forth to create the rest of the shawl, and it's an asymmetric triangle, and I used. A beautiful skein of sparkle or no it's called twinkle sock from unwind yarn company in a colorway called Gracie Pearl that has so many of the Pantone fall colorway <laughs> colors in it and it's just beautiful I love the shawl I was emailing back and forth with Allie the designer yesterday and I said the only bummer is that it's too hot to wear it <laughs> <laughs> I was so enjoying knitting it that I didn't want to be done knitting it and then I thought, oh, well, if you're done knitting it, at least you get to wear it. But nope. not so much right now. So those are all the many things I've finished. I've been a busy knitter. You have it's to. a good feeling to get a lot of those. <laughs> you should see the stack of things on my dresser that needs to be blocked. I took a picture so I can put it on Instagram because it looks cool. These All these things fold in on top of each other. It looks pretty neat. So productive week. Or two weeks, rather. Yeah. And speaking of colors of fall, let's do an update on the knit along which is going remarkably well. Do you know we already have 13 I fall looks? I was looking at that when I got back last week. I was going through it. And I have to say, looking through the fall looks kind of got me excited about it getting a little cooler, if it gets a little cooler, and dressing for fall. Yep, me too. <clears throat> it really did. Even though our fall is typically the hottest time of the year. but We'll see. Yeah. But yes, I'm looking forward to cooler weather because, wow, you guys, super talented. And Katie Emma, who did, I think last year she might have done her Arabella that I fell in mm. love with, and that's on my radar, been stocking that a lot. But she knit a really great sweater, and she sewed the skirt she's wearing. And I think the shirt that she was wearing said Maker on it. It was just like the <laughs> cutest combination of, yeah, I I knit and sew all of my clothes, which is so admirable to me. I mean, someday I'm going to learn how to sew. Not today, but eventually, <laughs> because all these super cute skirts and dresses that people are sewing for themselves, yeah. I, I want to be able to do that. Yeah. It's just so cute. So 13 fall looks have already been completed. And remember, all you need to do is knit something that incorporates a color from the Pantone 2015 fall colorways in any way. You know, if you squint and it looks like one of those colors, you're good to go. But the catch is you have to style it in a fall look to be eligible for prizes. Mm -hmm. And speaking of prizes, oh my goodness, you oh, guys. We've got a list. We have a huge list of amazing, fabulous prizes by all the awesome people who support our wonderful podcast. We have a skein of yarn from Kim at Western Sky Knits. We have a rainbow gradient kit that I want to steal, but I can't, from Dragonfly Fibers. We have a skein of yarn and a project bag from Shasta Daisy Knits. We have a skein of Miss Babs Yowza. What a skein. Oh, nice. Yeah. We have a skein of Unwind Yarn Company's Journey Sock. We have a $25 Etsy gift certificate from Deborah, who is Goldie Girl on Ravelry. She won a prize last year, and she wanted to pay it forward. And we have patterns, so many patterns. We have three patterns from Cobblestone Designs. We have two patterns from Vanessa, who is Vanessa Polo. We have a pattern from Francois, who is Aroha Knits. One from Tyga Hilliard, a baby, one of her baby patterns, baby patterns. 
a therapy shawl pattern from Laura Ayler. Therapy is oh, the one nice. I'm knitting now. A pattern from Michelle Wang, who is the Longfellow designer from what I'm knitting now. Mm-hmm. A pattern from Hohe because I knit her three color cowl. And the all the Azles ebook from Alley Coffee. Oh, and that's nice. it includes the Razzle pattern and two other patterns. So tons of stuff, you guys. That's like I think we're up at around twenty prizes right now. And there are still donations coming in. So nope. that no, prize you don't. <laughs> What's happening? Pooh's trying to escape. No, he's he, he thinks he's a puppy. Oh, he's eating the shoes, you guys. He doesn't eat it. He just <laughs> chews, chews on it. it. She has, it's one of those Adidas. It's a soccer slide. Soccer slide. And the whole big toe area is chewed off. Boo. You know, he did this when he was teething, when he was a kitten. But now Decided there's he just likes it. something he likes about these. So we have to hide soccer slides from him. Oh my goodness, he reason. really, we need to take a picture he, of that and put it on the puppy. show notes. I, I've, always, funny. I've always said that he's more like a puppy than a kitten sometimes. And, and we t- we say that Lucy is, she has catitude. <laughs> Our dog has catitude, I kid you not. She will find a bug and she will play with a bug just like a cat will play with a bug. You know, kind of batter it around and nip at it and torture it. And yeah, my dog has catitude and your cat is like a dog. How bizarre. Our black cats All are right. weird. Put the soccer slide in the box, <laughs> hidden from the cat. That's a pretty good cameo on the. Podcast. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how many cats do that. It could be that lots of cats chew on things. I I don't really know. But there you go. Yeah. That's a little boo in action. <laughs> and that was the summary of the colors of fall knit along. So awesome. I'm looking forward to seeing more finished outfits as the so we have until february february september 21st or so we've still got a month yeah we still have over a month so yeah i know that those looks are going to keep pouring in and once it cools down enough here i'll have a look or two to put together so yay (laughs) not that we're eligible but it's still fun to play yeah and love your stash update there are 92 people who have put goals for the quarter in the thread how cool is that that's awesome so way to love our stash you guys all right and then we have a feature segment. We wanted to talk about yarn put-ups today. And Gail and I have been talking about this off and on for a couple of months now, but it didn't really formulate itself into a topic until very recently. And I can't even remember why. We were just chatting about why some yarns come the way they do. Why do some yarns come in hanks or skeins and so i guess what we need to do first is define the different ways you can purchase yarn the different put-ups yeah. is what so they put-up call being the form that your yarn is the, in right you buy it and one of the most common ways that we all buy yarn are the hanks that a lot of indie dyers use their yarn comes it's in a big circle and it's twisted twisted and then twisted back on itself so that it can sit on a shelf or hang on a hook easily. I don't know how else to describe that. Mm-hmm. It's just twisted yeah. twice, folded, and tucked, the end is tucked in on itself. And a lot of indie dyers use those because either they wind off larger quantities of yarn into hanks, or they buy hanks. And then when they dye it, it's just easy to twist and go and ship. 
And it's easy to dye it in that. It's easy to dye in that, that form. Yeah, that form. In that form, yeah. Uh, benefits of that, the yarn is wound loosely. It's easy for small dyers to work with. It's easy to wind from. It displays pretty. And I guess we were talking about doing pros and cons. It's not necessarily a con, but it, the yarn does need to be wound before yeah, you, you can't knit from a yeah from a before hand. you use it. I mean, you could try. But you it could would try, be but a it nasty, would be messy. Yes. <laughs> and then another, I guess it would be a con, is if the yarn hasn't been tied off properly, it can tangle when you're trying to wind it. And speaking of which, so I've had nightmare winding sessions. I've heard that if you snap yarn before you wind it, so you're holding the skein, you're holding both sides of the skein, and you just pull it, like pull it taut a couple times before you put it around the skein winder, that that's supposed to help kind of eliminate some of the tangling, which it seems to have helped with me. So just a tip to pass along. Mm -hmm. And also one of the pros, though, of having yarn in a skein like that is... As soon as you wind your yarn, if you wind it too tightly, you're jeopardizing the memory of that fiber. So if it's wound really, really tightly, it's stretching out the fibers of the yarn. So if you leave it in the skein or the hank as long as you can, you're not stretching out those fibers and you know possibly changing the elasticity of the yarn, I guess yeah. is what I'm trying to say. Jingle bell warning. That's yeah, that's boo again. walking by again. Yeah, there's nothing jingling behind you as you listen oh, to the podcast we're, we're recording a couple hours later than we normally would so yeah. maybe that's there's a little more boo activity because it's a different time of the day yeah that could be it oh and here comes a helicopter comes again help. it's just a noisy day <laughs> there have been helicopters flying around we don't know why so the second thing or the second form is a skein think of brown sheep lamb's pride or box store yarn. box store yarns like the red heart mm -hmm. skeins those are pretty they're already in a format you can work with you yeah can just start knitting from them you don't yeah. need to it's do compact any you can knit from it directly um, a negative would be that if you pull from the outside the skein can collapse on itself and then and you end up with a tangle another that happens if you pull from the inside sometimes, though, too. Well, and so, I was going to mention yeah, this. Way. Sometimes if you pull from the inside, you pull out a big knot, J yeah. a jumble, yeah. yarn barf. Yarn barf. <laughs> yeah. You, you're, when you're digging, looking for the end, you can inadvertently damage or other, not Turn necessarily damage, but you can change the integrity of the skein. Yeah, and then that yarn barf can become a knotty mess. Right, right. Done so, that. So there are a lot of yarns that still come in skeins. Next form, donuts. And I don't know if anybody else calls them <laughs> I donuts. I think of it as, as a ball of yarn. <laughs> Gail calls these balls. I call them donuts. And for me, it's a little bit different than a ball because they're the ones that have the hole in the center. Think of Kid Silk Haze, the format that it comes in. Or the mochi yarns from Crystal Palace, or I think the whole Louisa Harding line comes in donuts. And it's got a hole in the middle. Rowan that... yarn comes in donuts too, right? Oh, some do. Yeah, a You're lot of right. rowan yarns do. Yeah, some do. The Debbie tweed. Bliss, a lot of... Yeah, and the the 
definite negatives of those for me, since I work in a yarn store, is that the donuts just fall apart. There are some brands that don't have looped labels, so the labels just, the end, they just tuck into the center hole of the donut. Well, those just fall off. They don't work on the shelf well. They get squished and they get flattened easily. They fall apart. Mm -hmm. They fall off the shelves. I don't think they display well. Did I mention that they fall apart? (laughs) (laughs) I'm saying that multiple times because I, I'm, I'm, I'm mystified, the, especially by the manufacturers who don't use the labels that loop all the way around because the labels just fall out. The, the donuts look messy. I, I don't care for them. So there we well, go. Well, you almost have to put those types of put-ups in a plastic bag <laughs> and then let yeah. the yarn, you know, just yeah. feed through the plastic yeah. bag because otherwise those do just kind of fall apart. It's almost like they melt, yeah, and then yeah. everything gets tangled. And yeah. oh, I I have been known to rewind those. In fact, I usually do. Well, I think when I walked into the Swift Stitch this weekend, hadn't Suzanne relocated all of the mochi yarn into baskets? Somebody because, had, yeah, because yeah, otherwise they yeah. usually have it in shelves that are like cubbies, and you go to reach for one, and, and they, all fall they down. just all fall out. They're like tribbles. <laughs> That's exactly what they are. So that's what a donut is, is a tribble. That's exactly what it is. Yes. And so Gail calls them balls, but the balls are definite round shapes. You had mentioned there was somebody who winds self-striping yarn in balls. A lot of the indie dyers who do self-striping and I think Susan B. Anderson calls this the everlasting gobstopper and Mm -hmm. she even has a YouTube video where she demonstrates how to hand wind self-striping yarn into this beautiful ball where each of the color color repeats are kind of perpendicular to each other around the ball so it looks really pretty Mm. so that's what I was referring to. Okay. Just, yeah. That so, that's so there are wound. some yarn that yeah. are sold in that format. Well, when I hand wine yarn at home, it definitely turns into a ball. Yeah. That's the yeah. end result. And then Gail was holding what I call a cake out in front of me that yeah, I just so, dropped on the so floor. that was wound from a hank. So you take a hank, you put it on the skein winder and the ball winder, and you end up with the cake. Yeah. And so if you want, if you've ever used a commercial skein winder where you wind from wind a cake from a swift that's the format that i'm talking about there are other names i think people call also often call these balls yeah i think a lot of people do as well i just call them a cake just to differentiate and then the advantage of these is that you can of course pull from the inside or you can or pull the from outside. the outside yeah and i've had the balls fall apart in either direction so i i never recommend pulling from the inside if you're using a non-wool yarn because wool is sticky and will mostly stay together until the very end Mm -hmm. but you get anything that's slippery and you pull from the middle and and then it just collapses in on itself it's a yarn avalanche yes exactly that's a good way to describe it and there are some commercial yarns that come already caked up one of them we have on the oh, table yeah, that we in just, front of us. We just we, got this in the mail yesterday. We just purchased it. It's the Holst Yarn Coast, which is the 55% wool. 
wool <laughs> and 45% cotton. And 45% it's cotton. In, it's cotton. In I was trying to translate and thinking, okay, which I'm one's sure. wool and which one's cotton. Yeah. But those come pre-wound in little cakes. And then they nicely have the label all the way around all the, the way around. or the diameter so, of, the, of the cake so that it doesn't unwind on itself. So mm, it's a very nice put up. Very preferable from a retail standpoint. These would show well, very well. Yeah, and they're perfect. <laughs> I was thinking they're perfect for stacking. They're perfect mm-hmm. for storing. You could I mean, just yeah, they're very compact. Like they stay like in a nice, tidy. Yeah. They they're self-contained in a nice, tidy way. Yeah, I've also seen dyers who sell gradient yarn. Yes, the same way. Wind them into the cakes so that on the top and the bottom of the cake you can see the gradients fading into mm-hmm. each other. Yeah. I think Freya. Freya does, does and Knit Circus does. I think a lot of the people you see on Etsy the the indie dyers they, the dye gradients do like it that, that way now. There it's, was a yarn yeah. from B Sweet that's discontinued now called Bambino Taffy and it was three colors it was a little skein that was meant to make a baby hat i believe and it it had three colors they were just tied to each other but you could see the gradient from one color to the other oh and speaking of tied to each other knots knots yes let's talk about knots (laughs) well let's finish sorry the you said tied to and i i know i had a bad experience with yarn recently okay so you can talk about that after yes sorry we mentioned cones yes so cones you can also buy yarn and cones there are a lot of weaving yarns that come in cones some of the habu yarns come on cones there are other other yarns that come on cones you can also buy this for example you can buy it on cones there are some companies that if you buy large quantities of a specific yarn type you can buy them on cones valley yarns sells their alpaca lace that i used for my first deep oh, breath sweater right. that comes on, on a cone. cones yeah so the, it's nice to knit from a cone because you have fewer ends if there are no knots mm-hmm. you can knit straight from the cone if the yarn doesn't need to be washed some weaving yarn needs to be washed if you opt to knit with it because sometimes the yarns meant for weaving are rougher and have more oils and are just dirtier to be washed yeah Yeah. cones also aren't necessarily easy to travel or carry around so you might need to weigh your yarn because that's that was my that was my last um con about that unless you know the exact weight of the center core it's impossible to guess your yardage like if you're trying to guesstimate how much yardage you have left how much you've used that kind of thing well unless there's an accurate you can of course weigh it before you start right knitting right and then subtract but right then you have if to you... know exactly how many yards were on that exactly cone exactly with, so. so you can get a guesstimate yeah. of how much the cone was if the if for example if you know that you're buying 200 grams of yarn or something like that so but it's just something to keep in mind yep and then you had mentioned mini hanks too there were a lot of yeah mini skeins are such a big trend right now that you can go you can even find these in box stores lion brand yarn sells i think they call them pom-poms and just about every indie dyer that i love sells mini skeins now which are basically just little tiny hanks of yarn yeah they're well they're not even hanks so much as just these little hand wound bits mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. and i think lion brand even had 
mini skeins for a little while. I don't know if they still do. I them. think they do. They, but they were really cute. Package, yeah, yeah, they were really cute. At the yarn guild, someone was making those little bracelets out of them. Oh, yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. So there's probably something we've left out, but those were the few that immediately came to mind. And which is your preference? I think I prefer my yarn to come in hanks. So you prefer to buy it in hanks, and then when you knit it, what format? In, in the in the cake. In the cake. Yeah. Yeah. I find the hanks easier to store than any other format because I can just line them all up in my drawer. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> and they all they, they stack. all stack easily to some extent because I tend to keep the different uh, projects worth in plastic bags. Yeah, so I don't stack them all just hank to hank. They're all, they tend to be in bags, but they flatten easier. And if I have to mail yarn, I think it's a lot easier to package in a hank mm-hmm. too than if it's in any other format. Well, there's also the advantage. So unless you're buying a commercial yarn and then this wouldn't really apply, but if you're buying any type of hand dyed yarn having it available in a hank you can actually unwind the hank Mm -hmm. and open it up and see the color of the yarn much better than you can when it's twisted in a hank and always ask before you do this at your local yarn store it's you know just for politeness sake you don't want to be unwinding their hanks and messing things up but i've never had a person tell me that I couldn't do that because especially if you want to buy a sweater quantity of something like Malabrigo, mm-hmm. you open those hanks up and lay them all flat in good light and you can really see what skeins mm-hmm. look better. You together. can really see the differences and you can see which ones go together. Better. Yes, match better. Yeah. Versus if you're if something was packaged in such a way that you couldn't do that, if it's something that's hand dyed, you really don't know what color is on the inside you have no idea so it's a risk basically especially like i said the hand dyed yarns if it's commercial it's usually dyed all in one giant Mm -hmm. dye lot and then you just make sure that your dye lot number matches when you're purchasing multiple skeins so i too prefer hanks and they're just kind of fun to hang on to. They are. <laughs> you can yeah. drape them around the house in pretty little Wear it around your neck. And, yeah, you could, I've done that too. <laughs> yep. I totally have. And I prefer working from cakes too. So wound from a skein. Although lately I've become enamored with hand winding my yarn. I've really enjoyed just the act itself of hand winding. And it's not ideal to work from a ball because then they roll all over the place. <laughs> but... I just like to hand wind. So it ends up in a ball that looks really pretty and then is kind of a pain in the butt to knit from. And then you can't knit from both ends. Too. Right. So that's a bummer if you, like if you if do you a long tail cast on end. with both ends, you can't do it that way. So there are different circumstances in which I think, oh, I wish I hadn't hand wound that. But And I always tell people, like, I feel, I personally feel like I always learn something about the yarn from handling it when during hand winding i i just i learned something about how it feels how it moves through my fingers there's there's always something to be learned and it's kind of zen yeah yeah it's just i agree relaxing yeah i, I really like it i yeah. actually found the act of ripping my log cabin squares <laughs> to be very zen as Did well you? it's like wow look at how 
quickly it just unravels. It took me hours to knit that. Zoop, there it goes. Zoop, there it goes. It was kind of fun. Mm. Unknitting. So, knots. Knots. Oh, knots. Okay. Tell them the research that you did first. Well, Charlene Gil, researched this. Gil subject. and I have been talking about knots, and there are a lot of dyers out there who we contacted. I even contacted Cascade, but they did not respond to me. So everybody pretty much said that the industry standard was no more than two or three knots per skein. And Gail and I said, well, where does this industry standard come from? And Brooke from Sincere Sheep and Carrie from Alpenglow Yarns gave us some fantastic information. And because Carrie said it so well, I'm just going to credit her and read what she wrote to me because it's fantastic. So this is from Carrie at Alpenglow, and she says, I'd say that it's not really a standard set by a person or a committee like ISO 9000 is a standard. It's more like a rule of thumb that many people in the industry follow. It's a compromise between really upsetting your customers versus having an unacceptable scrap rate that would increase the yarn price past the point that it would sell at. So she goes on to say that many knitters are upset at a knot, but honestly, zero knots is not a realistic goal, which I would understand yeah, because I mean, a lot of knots come from the mill. Yeah. And when we were talking about all of these different formats, what we didn't mention and should mention is that it's equipment based for a lot of the yarns and it depends where the yarn comes from what equipment is at the mill to wind and new equipment of course is going to cost money and increase the yarn price etc etc and i think a lot of it just depends on where the yarn is coming from and mills don't guarantee no knots right so if if a dyer is for example buying yarn it, it, it depends either in a cone or in hanks they don't necessarily what carrie says is they don't they can't necessarily inspect every inch of yarn that they dye right to look for a knot right so they're they're not all 400 yards are passing through their fingers right so exactly. they, they may not exactly. even know and the other thing that we learned from the research is that a lot of indie dyers do buy their yarn in cones. So they skein off 400 yards mm -hmm. for fingering, for example, and thus they wouldn't know if there was a knot in that 400 yards, potentially. And then if they have the cone comes to an end, but they're only at 200 yards, well, then maybe you have a knot or they have to join. They might have cone. to join. So that's yeah. an example of how a knot might. Right. Evolve. Oh, right. Or a dyer may end up with what they call mill ends. Sometimes yep. a lot of, I, I've seen them in stores from larger companies. They have what they call mill ends and they're just odd ends that are the ends of a cone that they didn't tie together. But some, yep. not all companies do that. They'll and mini just, skeins. I think mini skeins mini are skeins, part of true. it. Yeah. And not all companies do that. They yep. just tie a knot and keep going. Yes. So. It's not necessarily a bad thing because a certain amount of knots is ultimately going to keep 
the yarn reasonably priced. If every inch of yarn was inspected, your yarn costs would be astronomical. astronomical. As knitters, we all know how to deal with knots and ends of skeins, so we deal with our knots quite possibly the same way if you're one of those people that cuts them out. I usually cut them out because I don't necessarily trust a knot that was tied for me by somebody else. Yes, I had in my universal yarn that I used for the peanut warmer and the berry hat, I had two skeins of yarn. Each skein was approximately 165 yards, so they are not very big skeins. The first skein had two knots, and the second skein had three knots, mm -hmm. which in a skein of that size to me was bordering on unacceptable. I won't buy that yarn again. Right. That's because, pushing And it, it was really nice to work with. I really liked working with it. It didn't hurt my hands. It's mm -hmm. really pretty. I haven't blocked the items yet, so I don't know how it's going to wash up. But the fact that it had so many knots just did not please me. Yeah. I, every time I found another one, I thought, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. How many knots are you, are there going to be in this pretty small, you know, yardage wise yeah. skein of yarn? So in my case, what I did, because inevitably I was in the middle of a row and, oh, look, here comes another knot. Mm -hmm. So I just basically, like Charlene said, I cut the knot and then there are two more ends I have to weave in. So in a project that should have taken me, you know, I should have had one, two, three, four ends four to weave ends. in. I had a 12 yeah. to weave in, which yeah. is ridiculous. And the hat especially. It was just ridiculous. Yeah. So that was frustrating to me. If I were to have one knot, I, I wouldn't even bat an eye. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't affect me at all. I, I would think, oh, look, there's a knot. But when there are that many knots, it seems ridiculous. I, I agree with Gail. The yarn that was my knot experience was a sweater that I made many, many years ago out of Noro crayon. And I think they somewhat have a little bit of a reputation they, for I knots. That, yeah. I haven't knit a lot with their yarns, but I knit a sweater out of crayon and then a sweater out of one of their other yarns that I didn't have the knot experience with. But I, it did, similar to you, I don't want to ever knit with the crayon again because it was Just a long time ago butt. when I knit it but I know that I had multiple skeins that had two and three knots because you don't forget that yeah it's crazy <laughs> and with the crayon you have the color repeats because it's stripes and they're long color repeats but when it was broken up so many times, then the striping sequence changed. I was just going to ask where the was knots odd. where they were trying to join the colors. No. Oh. It was. So it destroyed the color sequence. It, well, it just made together. the color sequence very random. It oh, wasn't. Oh, that would really bother me. It wasn't. Consistent. Consistent. Of the knots. Yeah. Because oh. I was just thinking, you mentioned that Be Sweet yarn. Mm -hmm. that had three colors, but mm -hmm. they were tied together mm -hmm. to give you a gradient. Mm -hmm. If I bought a gradient skein of yarn, I would expect it to be dyed that way. Yeah. If I got that home and was knitting and found that the gradient was a result of the yarn being knotted together, I would be very... I was surprised when I found I that. would be yeah. unhappy with yeah. that dye, that yeah. Uh, yarn. Yeah. Yeah. So I've never experienced that. I've knit with several gradients and they've all been dyed that way. Mm -hmm. But when you said that, I thought, oh my gosh, you know, they did it with knots. That would it, be horrible. It was more of a color change. I, sh I should say it color than a gradient because but to it ball wasn't it up a that true way, gradient. To I ball it think. up that way, I think, unless you've stated on the label, 
Yeah, I that, don't know if they did. I don't know anything Because that would be very it. misleading. Yeah. You, I would expect that to be, yeah. you know, all joined together properly. I've so. just, yeah, I've just seen it, so I don't know anything about it. But I do remember the crayon knots at some point noticing that the knot joined two yarns where this, the, let's say if the striping sequence had been red, blue, green, and there was a knot, I remember noticing it on one skein, and maybe more than one skein, because after a while you just kind of give up. It had gone red, blue, green, and then the next, on the other end, it went green, red, blue. It was like going in the opposite direction. I don't know if I stated those colors correctly, so don't hold me to that. But what what I'm saying is it it reversed. It was like going in the opposite direction, which was odd. That's bad. (laughs) That's just like they flipped another cone around and tied it together. It was really odd, yeah. So like I said, live and learn. (laughs) I, I didn't know anything about the crayon yarns and certainly... Now you can find out information like that by reading people's comments on Ravelry. Yeah. I didn't have that available to me at the time. And it, I liked the sweater at the time. But. Well, and that is a good a good observation is that now you can, and I do research my yarn usually I before I buy it. Yeah. And you can find in the comments, if it's a particularly naughty yarn, people mm-hmm. will comment. Mm-hmm. And you can make a good an educated purchase that way. Mm-hmm. So if not bug you. Yeah. And, and I the, think in, it also depends on the yarn base. If it's something that I can spit splice, I don't necessarily care, but if you know, cotton, you can't do that. Right. Way. So right. there's and another I, consideration. I should mention too, that one of the dyers that I contacted was Susan of abstract fibers and they do have, I shouldn't say they do strive to have not free skeins mm-hmm. and their skeins that have knots, they actually sell as seconds. And hazelnuts is the same way. I've been stocking hazelnuts mm. lately and they have knotty skeins. Oh, okay. K-N-O-T-T-Y mm-hmm. and N-O-G-H-T-Y, <laughs> knotty, knotty skeins that are slightly discounted because, oh, okay. and they not yes. only tell you they have a knot, they give you two partial skeins where the knot is. Um, so you don't even have to knit to find the knot. Oh, They've already, you know exactly yeah. how much exactly. is in each, mm-hmm. in each part. Of Partial, the yeah. yeah. Either side of the knot is yeah. wound up apparently, so okay. you know exactly. So yeah, lots of different ways to deal with it. And knots are just one of those things that we as knitters have to deal with because everybody will find a knot at some point. Yep. And now Multiple we know that knots. there are no knot police. <laughs> there's no right. particular standard there's, and it's yeah, just exactly you have to go into it knowing exactly. that and be prepared for it be and prepared if, for it and it's one of those things that there are benefits and there are reasons why the knots have to be there sometimes keeping costs down yeah. uh, mill runs it's just the way That's it acceptable. goes but if you do have a skein that you feel has too many knots, then maybe you you know you have recourse. You can talk to whoever you purchased the yarn from. It depends. Like I said, some some manufacturers are just going to tell you that's a fact of life, and some may be more willing to work with you if both parties feel that it's excessive. Yeah. What is excessive or not is up to you, and the industry standard 
is rather, it's not an exact number. It seems to be more of a, like Carrie said, what's going to please your customers and what's still going to keep you in business. Yep. So, yeah. And if you do have a naughty skein, do all of the rest of us a favor and put a comment about that yarn on Ravelry mm-hmm. to let us all know. I need to do that about that universal yarn. Yeah. I haven't done that yet. Yeah. Yeah. Just a heads up. Yeah. So it's not a disparaging comment necessarily. No, it's just a no, buyer it's beware. just information. Yeah. 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 So hopefully you guys found that useful and interesting. It was an interesting, Charlene did a bunch of research, asked a bunch of indie dyers questions, and it was really awesome to get the feedback from the dyers, and they really cared about answering the question and educating us. They did. It was fantastic. And yeah. And I, I didn't mention that. Kim and Heather from Western Sky Knits were also part of my questioning, and they came back with the same answer, too. About two or three knots per skein seemed to be the industry standard. So thank you to Kim and Heather from Western Sky Knits, Carrie from Alpenglow, Brooke from Sincere Sheep. And Susan from and Abstract And Susan Knits. from Abstract Fibers. Yeah, Abstract it was, Fibers, yep. It was, it was really nice to have some good comments, and it was very helpful to put it all together. And then, like I said, uh, there were some others that didn't answer, but that's okay. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This is a little bit longer of an episode. Hopefully, it was all worth Hopefully your time. Hopefully, that was worth it. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Hope you're having a wonderful last bit of the summer, and we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Yeah. And if you have some comments about knots or yarn put-ups, we can discuss it in our group on Ravelry. Especially if anyone has super clever ways of not letting their yarn fall apart while they're knitting in terms of like the cake collapse yeah and it all gets tangled i would love to hear things like that yarn cozies i've heard of i haven't tried yarn bowls yet but that's something (laughs) that i eventually will get a yarn bowl and try that too i just know it'll get knocked on the ground and broken yeah my house pretty things like that don't last very long yarn doesn't break which is great but beautiful pottery bowls break (laughs) okay well thank you very much everybody thank you bye 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 You can find our podcast on iTunes at Yarniacs Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniacs.com. We have a friendly and engaging Yarniacs Podcast Ravelry group. My Ravelry name is Knitter Ninja Shar. Gail's is Gaily Whaley. You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs or on Instagram at Yarniac and at Gaily Whaley. 